G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, Jenny, it's been a very interesting time this past week and a half since the election and uh, the election of senators still not complete. Counting continues. Well, that's right, and it's expected that that may take several weeks because certainly the Australian Electoral Commission has been focusing on getting the results done for the lower house, the House of Representatives, and still counting continues even there. I just heard this morning that uh, uh, the one seat in um, in Queensland, the Attorney General's actually a scrutineer sort of watching the, the count come in because it's actually apparently now agreed that the coalition will have 76 in their own right, uh, which actually gives them a majority in their own right without having to rely on the crossbench. Um, and Malcolm Turnbull had already announced that he had support from Bob Catter and Cathy McGowan, but now it seems they have a bare majority in their own right, but really are looking to get a 77th seat so they can actually appoint a speaker and still, not, and still have that majority on the floor. Okay, well, while those things are still, uh, as I say, uh, the dust settling, but uh, certainly uh, that'll be a very interesting breakthrough for the coalition, knowing that is confirmed. Uh, On the Labor side of politics, uh, everyone has been crowing the praises of Bill Shorten and looks like he's going to continue in his role over the next three years. There's a little bit of tension now that's beginning to emerge in the coalition. Uh, where uh, people are talking about disillusionment of conservative voters and uh, there's discussion about Malcolm Turnbull's leadership, although I suspect that's going to be uh, affirmed. Uh, But what are your thoughts on this idea of the disillusionment of conservative voters and the sorts of things that are going to begin to emerge that might make the coalition look as though they're not quite so uh, united? Well, I think that that was always the case. And certainly, you know, that's been rumbling in the background since Tony Abbott was removed from the leadership by Malcolm Turnbull. And certainly the Conservatives were, you know, put out of the ministry um, because of their support for Tony Abbott. And it was like, you know, let's have a new brush, a new broom through, if you like. And I, I think in many ways the Conservatives have refused to go away. They've actually said, well, we're still here. Conservative values are part of the Liberal Party. And I think even they would see that, you know, there's a broad spectrum of um, conservative values, if you like, in the in the Liberal Party. And I think on the same-sex marriage issue, that's probably the most evident. But certainly across the, across the issues. And so there's been this move towards the left, move towards the progressive side of politics. And I think the Conservatives were really left out in the cold. And uh, I think we've seen that with Cory Bernardi, Senator Cory Bernardi from South Australia, speaking this week about a new conservative movement. And he's now launched a website to try and unite conservatives. Um, the media sort of said, well, is this the start of a new party? And, and not necessarily. It's just saying, well, conservatives actually need to, to gather forces, if you like, to actually even to think about, well, what does conservative mean? And I think we've got a huge discussion about what that means. We've also seen, uh, you know, in terms of some of the Liberal Party policies, um, for instance, on the superannuation one, we've got Senator Erica Betts and, and uh, Senator Buck, Buck um, actually saying, well, they're actually concerned about 
the superannuation policies, the changes to that, that that were in the previous budget. So there's moves among the Conservatives to say, um, actually, we're not happy with some of the direction of the party. Senator Abetz in the news today asking those sorts of questions that will bring about some really quite controversial responses, no doubt, asking, you know, what went wrong with the campaign? Who was responsible? And uh, things like uh, Eric Abetz saying, why did we not run on the carbon tax? Why did we not run on union corruption? Uh, Why was innovation and science put front and centre when nobody wanted to talk about it? Those sorts of questions are going to uh, evoke a number of probably controversial and divisive responses uh, from all sections within the conservative side of politics. Well, I, I think that's right, and I think it's good that those questions are asked because whenever whenever an election is held, and in fact, you know, both sides of Parliament, uh, both sides, of, both political parties will run a, an analysis. They'll do a, a sort of an investigation into how the campaign was run, whether they win or lose. That's always done. So I think you know, bringing up some of those issues that need to be discussed within the Liberal Party itself, and and if inevitably that spills over into the media discussing them as well. Um, they're part of the process of. You know, well, what does it mean to be the Liberal Party or the coalition in at the moment, and especially with a very, very narrow majority? Uh, they're questions that need to be asked, and, and especially I think with the Nationals, uh, they certainly had a number of criteria in their former agreement with Malcolm Turnbull in order to continue with a coalition. And they're things that are actually being discussed at the moment. What sort of things will the Nationals want to put in an agreement with the Liberal Party in order to form that coalition government with them? And so there's quite a lot of negotiation happening there as well, as well as things that are happening within the Liberal Party. So, you know, very interesting times internally in politics that sometimes we'll never get to see, but I think we can see that those discussions are happening. Uh, Your assessment, Jenny Stokes, uh, on Malcolm Turnbull, because in the lead-up to the election, uh, some honour to him insofar as uh, he did hold to what had been agreed between Uh, himself and the Nationals in their agreement uh, for his Prime Ministership. Uh, There is a sense, isn't there, in which uh, all that, I guess, comes up for re-evaluation in the uh, post-election environment. Well, I think that's right, and certainly they will be coming up with a new agreement. I mean, I think one of the key things that Conservatives may have thought was part of that agreement was the decision from the party room to actually run a plebiscite on the issue of same-sex marriage. And I think having run with that during the election campaign, that's certainly something that uh, Tony Abbott will continue on with. I think if he changed his view now to, you know, well, let's have a vote because it's so close, I think he would lose a lot of credibility. So I think that's one thing that will continue on and they will continue with the push to go with the plebiscite. I think I've mentioned before that while that will probably, especially now with a majority, that will get through the lower house, whether that legislation to run a plebiscite gets through the Senate is quite another matter altogether. So I think we've got a lot to a lot to come in the in the weeks ahead, and especially I think with with Pauline Hanson this week actually saying that she would like a referendum, and she's one of the people who will have the balance of power in the Senate on the crossbench, and she wants a referendum rather than a plebiscite. And uh, it's interesting because I think a lot of people, especially in Northern Australia and Queensland, have voted for Pauline Hanson and One Nation thinking that this is a conservative on the right side of politics. And yet she's quite firmly supportive of same-sex marriage. And the reason that she wants a referendum is so that that could be hardwired, if you like, into the Constitution to say, look, marriage is (laughs) really any two people. The reason that she wants that is actually because, you know, on her quest to, to... 
criticise Islam, she actually doesn't want it opened up to allowing polygamy. And of course, the Parliament, the High Court has said that the Parliament has the power over marriage, and there's no reason why they couldn't go in that direction if they wanted to. And uh, and certainly that's been opened up by the High Court. And so that's really a recognition that the Parliament can change the law at will on on marriage. And uh, so she wants a referendum. So that that makes an interesting um, uh, extra put it into the mix. It does, and uh, and maybe that'll become part of uh, negotiation. Although, as you say, with 76 uh, seats, uh, the government doesn't need so much. Uh, to, um, it's still the, all that negotiation that has to go on in the Senate. But, but the idea of a referendum and a plebiscite, and uh, not everybody's very familiar with how all of that sort of thing works, but a plebiscite, of course, non-binding. But if it became a referendum and the outcome was actually, as you say, hardwired into the Constitution, uh, then that would, in fact, be a more uh, final resolution to the issue, wouldn't it? Well, I think in, in many senses that that's true. It's harder to get a referendum passed. It has to be a majority of voters and a majority of states, so there's quite a lot of extra conditions on getting a referendum passed. Um, but I think once once you actually get a, a vote passed, if you, if you have a plebiscite and that's passed, uh, the Turnbull government has committed that basically they would support it being passed if that was the will of the people. Um, there's a bit of discussion as to people who have a conscientious objection to that or as to whether they uh, would vote against it or abstain. And certainly I think we've moved from people saying, well, we're going to vote against that to actually some people saying, well, we'll just abstain from the vote so that it will be enabled to go through. Um, so I think, you know, in, in, in terms of changing the Marriage Act, that would still happen even with a plebiscite if the vote of the people was to approve same-sex marriage. And, of course, there's a lot of, a lot of ifs and buts in there, a lot of discussion to come on that issue um, if a plebiscite goes ahead. Uh, let me ask you about the Christian parties, Jenny Stokes, uh, because uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, Christian political parties all put their hat into the ring, putting their best foot forward for the election. Uh, there's still uh, perhaps a slim chance that there could be a CDP uh, Christian Democratic Party senator uh, that could uh, take a place in New South Wales. Uh, do you have any impression overall on how the Christian parties performed? Um Look, I've actually got it in my news update for this week. I'll have a little bit to say, look, these are the possibilities. We really don't know at this stage, of course, until the preferences are all distributed. And so there's some discussion around about, you know, how what parties preference which other parties and did the Christian parties preference the other Christian parties. And, you know, that all becomes quite, quite difficult. I think the reality is that each of those that might see themselves as Christian or conservative, whether that's... Um, CDP, Australian Christians, Family First, um, you know, even, you know, go through the other parties, the Catters Party and the Australian Liberty Alliance, all of those, um, sort of outside the Christian view, but, you know, they, they, would, they would be still saying, you know, moral conservative. So each one of those has their own identity and they, are, I think, are determined that they want to actually operate and they actually want to win senators in their own right. So it becomes very difficult when you actually say, well, you know, let's all work together and get one person elected or the idea of combining parties um, doesn't actually get a lot of traction and uh, I noticed this week that CDP and New South Wales have actually called for some sort of coalition of the Christian parties but they added ideally under the CDP banner well I'm, I'm not sure that you know to, having them to, to work together and getting them to preference each other is, is one thing but you know the idea of these parties sort of forming into one I think is um, 
perhaps naive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a challenge. Uh, The fact that it's been raised and they are planning to talk about it, uh, I suppose there has to be uh, some sort of uh, weighing of what might be in the national interest by way of Christian parties. Uh, and then also that uh, that level of humility as to uh, how do we all uh, get on if we do decide to go in one direction under one banner, and uh, and that might mean that uh, they'd have to form a entire new Christian uh, party to actually have everyone join under. But, but as you say, uh, that that might not work, and uh, and certainly there are lots more complications than are immediately uh, um, immediately come to to hand. Well, I, th- I think that's true, and I, th- I think it actually has the whole question. We haven't um, specifically supported the idea of a Christian party. We'll support them in terms of saying, look, these parties actually represent Christian principles. But we have Christians in all the major parties, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes that we actually need to be in the mainstream as well. So we've got uh, Senator Erica Betts and we've got uh, Kevin Andrews, other people who uh, are in the main, par- in the main parties, in, in the Liberal Party and the Conservative area. Um, even in the Labor Party, we had Joe Bullock, who was a senator from WA, um, a member of a Baptist church in WA, and he resigned because of the push to actually require all Labor members after the next election to actually vote in favour of same-sex marriage. And he said he couldn't do that in conscience. And he's actually resigned and not hasn't stood for election. And he did that on the basis of his Christian principles. So, you know, I think we actually need Christians in the main parties as well. So I think it's, a, it's actually a big question. You know, how do we actually get involved in the political sphere as Christians? And, and how do we best... Um, uh, you know, get involved and, and actually defining what does conservative mean, what does Christian mean in the big scheme of things. Well, I was going to ask you about that because you raised that a little earlier in the conversation about what conservative means and uh, I suspect that there would be people coming from a Christian perspective saying that conservative obviously includes Christian values and there would be others who are outside of the church environment who might describe conservative uh, conservatism a little differently. Uh, how do you think of conservative uh, politics, uh, Jenny Stokes? Well, I think that's, that's precisely the question that we have to raise. And uh, and certainly, you know, we would speak about it as from, you know, a moral Christian perspective. Um, and that can be across the parties. Um, you know, we've got some parties that are on the right, and Pauline Hanson's One Nation, Australian Liberty Alliance, but some of those parties that, that aren't running on a Christian platform um, and yet we see, as I've mentioned already, that Pauline Hanson is actually supporting a referendum to legalise same-sex marriage. And it's interesting that her campaign director and, and chief of staff um, is a homosexual himself. Um, he was the, the man who actually worked as a staffer for Peter Slipper in the Senate, uh, James Ashby. So we've, we've actually got a very interesting perspective there. What does conservative mean? And of course... Going back to England, we've got a new Prime Minister in England this week, in Theresa May. Now, in David Cameron's position, he said the reason he supported same-sex marriage was because he was a Conservative, because, you know, he wanted to encourage homosexuals to be able to marry and commit to each other. So that was his spin on what does it mean to be Conservative on that issue. And, in fact, Theresa May, who's uh, said to be you know, has quite conservative views, pro-life views. She's opposed euthanasia. She's spoken out on um, abortion and so on. And yet she actually, as the Home Secretary, worked with David Cameron to introduce the same-sex marriage bill, even though when she first joined Parliament, her views were actually quite opposed to the, you know, endorsement of homosexuality. And so views change over time. It's often said that Theresa May is a pragmatist. But, you know, what does conservative mean? Um, 
within some of these parties and within even the personal views of, of some people who would who would openly say, and as she has, that she's a Christian. Well, it certainly is going to be interesting uh, commentary on what's going on in the times to come, uh, particularly as things begin to unfold uh, towards the end of this year and uh, all of the planning for what will likely be the plebiscite. And uh, as you say, it could turn into a referendum, uh, depending on who's listened to. And there's lots of politics and all of that. But uh, good getting your insights. And I'd encourage people to uh, get a hold of uh, the regular mailings that come from Salt Shakers and simply go to Salt Shakers. uh, Just Google Salt Shakers. You'll find Jenny Stokes and Salt Shakers and uh, find out ways you can connect to understanding the things that are uh, happening in Australia, uh, the things that are shaping our culture. Jenny Stokes, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Great to be with you now. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.